to the situation. We're taking it very seriously um, all the way through the organization. Um, sure, there are questions, but um, I'm not going to be in, entering into a discussion about that today. So, so right. Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? Welcome to another edition of Patriots Nation UK. This is actually the 15th episode of Patriots Nation UK now. And I am your host at Matt Inkster on Twitter, and I write at PatriotsNationUK.com. With me this week is my co-host, it's Nick. How's it going, Nick? Yep, good. Glad to be here again. Excellent, excellent. Um, what have you been up to? Been up to much this week? Uh, no, just the weekend. Back to back to watching the NFL all weekend again. It's a, a long Sunday, but yeah, worth it. Yeah, that was a a slight point of contention, I guess you could say. It was um I was pretty busy most of the time, up until about nine ish and half nine and maybe even ten, I can't even remember. Up I had red zone on the background whilst I was doing a load of house chores and even the the good old trick of having the iPad on the toilet seat whilst you're bathing the child was always a good one. <laughs> Just, you know, just a Sunday night with uh, Scott Hansen. Ah, exactly. Sunday night, Scott Hansen, um, child in the bath, and such like. So before I have social services or something at the door, I guess we better get into the the Steelers preview. Um, <laughs> review. <laughs> or yeah, oh, dear me. Um, yeah, review the the pod. <laughs> we we were. Um, Meant to record this earlier this week, um, full disclosure, but, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, I guess, so we're doing it now. So, as well as the Steelers um, review, there's been more breaking news today, which involves Antonio Brown. So, we recorded at a time on Saturday when we had breaking news, and then today there has been more going on over statesides before. Have you got up to speed with it yet, Nick? Um, Yeah, about as up to speed as everyone else, I think. Still waiting on a lot of information, but um, the gist of it is that Antonio Brown has been sued in a civil lawsuit by someone who claims he has raped her. Um, Antonio Brown and his lawyers, obviously, fully deny it um, there was a story earlier on today that a Pennsylvania court was going to be looking into it from a criminal point of view turns out that that isn't true um, they're looking at something else um, sounds like something to do with his children um, but it's unrelated to the, the civil lawsuit from earlier in the day so yeah, everything's changing all the time. It's a bit hard to know what to make of it, what to believe, what not to believe. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what comes of it. 
Yeah, I think that's um, we were talking before we came on air, weren't we? And we've decided, you know, there's no point us sitting here and saying this and that. The next thing I read this on Twitter and I read that, this source and that source. The gist of it is there's two people involved in uh, a, a case that, you know, needs to go through the right channels. One person is telling the truth and the other is telling a lie because one has said they've been victim to something and the other is saying they're denying it. So either she is or he is, but we'll get to the bottom of it eventually. And so until that point, I think, you know, the NFL have said that they are possibly looking into um, the commissioner's exempt list, but that sets a, de- a dangerous precedent to me as well. So until otherwise further noted, I think us two, we will just concentrate on the football side of things. He's a football player for the New England Patriots and had his first training session today. Um, so fingers crossed that's gone well for him for, from what I've saw of the snippets on Twitter. You know, he's getting his head down and being the, the soldier that Bill Belichick expects of his players. And, that's you know long may that continue whether he plays on Sunday or not I don't know but I think that's where we're standing on this isn't it Nick yeah um, I I think Belichick had his press conference earlier today he basically wasn't answering any questions on it so I would assume that he'll be playing on Sunday unless otherwise the league notifies the Patriots that he can or cannot um Unless some other information comes out, which will which will force the Patriots' hand, but yeah, I would expect him to play Sunday, unless he is either not on the team or suspended or on the commissioner's exempt list. I don't yeah, think he's exactly. inactive. He's um, and I think since we last recorded, um, there was some. You know, more details of the contract came to light. So, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about football rather than the other um, concerns that are going on. So he's he's guaranteed a $1 million base salary with a $9 million signing bonus, which will be split over $5 million now and $4 million later. For every 46-man roster he gets per game, he will earn himself another 500 k Not bad just for making a, a team, I guess. <laughs> Uh, $1.5 million for each of the following, but limit, not limited to two, 105 catches, 1,298 yards, and 16 touchdowns, which I believe is one more than he got with the Steelers last year. So they're looking for big production off him. So I think Yeah, right, I think. He, he won't be getting any of that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he'll try his damnedest and that's the, my only concern from that point of view is you know it is quite out of reach and if he doesn't start getting the targets to try and obtain said numbers to get said millions of dollars then you know do the toys get thrown again which I, 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 I don't think so because he knows what situation he's getting into it's Okay, it's a two-year deal, I guess, technically, but effectively it's a one-year deal. So I assume he'll be happy whatever happens for this one year, assuming he's still on the team. Um, and then next year he'll reevaluate. I'm sure he'll sign somewhere else and be stunned if he sort of renews with the Patriots or that 
second year option is taken up for 20 million or whatever it is I, I, I can't see that happening but that's obviously just in there to get the cap number down this year but yeah I, I, th- I think so yeah I think he'll be content this year with whatever role he is given I think so I think um, it's it's almost similar to the Brady deal I guess isn't it you know his was spread over time but at the same time it was essentially a one-year deal that he's been given so this I agree I think it's pretty much a one-year prove-it deal and see how you get on from there hit free agency and take your chances again yeah I'm sure he'll be a lot happier to be a true free agent and have his pick of where he wants to go rather than having to be traded and I guess force his way out to potentially somewhere that he wanted to go um yeah yeah yeah, because that's what we said um, last time. Um, you know, he refused Buffalo because of not being a Super Bowl contender. So to go at Oakland, who again, pretty much everyone saying he's they're not a Super Bowl contender. Um, and it's also came to light that, you know, apparently the Patriots put in for him, but Steelers weren't going to trade to a rival, which is fair enough from their point of view. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued on that point. I, I okay. don't know if it is fair. The, according to Chris Mortensen on Sunday, the Patriots offered a first-round pick for Antonio Brown. Okay. They eventually traded him for a third and a fifth. Yeah. There is a massive difference there. Yeah, and that makes absolutely no sense as to why you would turn down a first when uh, I, for I, a I know you don't want him to go to the Patriots. But at some point, surely you've got to look out for the best interests of your long-term future as a football team, rather than whatever he made at the Patriots. You had no idea when he traded when you traded him to the Raiders. I believe he had one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to t- for the Steelers to tell there that he wouldn't go to the Raiders for one year, see his deal, hit free agency, and maybe ended up in New England anyway. From my point of view. I'd be interested to hear Steelers fans' opinion on on that. For me, a first round pick is it's it's enough that I would at least have considered it. I guess the only kind of counter to that is because it's the Patriots, then you're getting what thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second pick. So it's quite late in the round. It's almost, you could almost say it's a second in a roundabout way. So I guess I just, I still think, I think you're if, right. If a first round pick is on, if there, if a first round pick was offered, you could get more as well. I, I don't think the Patriots would have shirked at an extra mid round pick for Antonio Brown. If you were wanting that. So could you have got a first and a fourth? I don't know. For me, looking from the Patriots' point of view, that's a no-brainer. If you're mm-hmm. offering the first, what, what? Yeah, what fifth, sixth, seventh, pick? whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, it's reported I mean, by can, Chris Mortensen, so I assume it's true, but mm, you never know. I, I can see from their point of view that they just, for whatever reason, you know, it's like. Going from Celtic to Rangers, Man City to Man United, Barcelona, Real Madrid. I mean, I think 
there was talk this summer um, of Neymar, wasn't it? You know, he's gone from Barcelona to PSG, but ultimately wanted to go to Real Madrid. So, yeah. but but he had to take a sidestep. So it was this an equivalent of Brown taking a sidestep? But as you say, he could have had a one-year deal and then still gone there next year. But yep. then, does he then think that? You know, Brady is then again another year older. They might not get a Super Bowl. He's then missed his chance at a ring. It's I, I don't know. I, I guess it all yeah. depends on what everyone else was offering the Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. the Steelers. Because he's gone to Oakland, I assume that was the only other bid that they were willing to accept, or the best of the bids. Mm. So if that is the best other bid, and you've got a first round pick on the table, I just I don't really understand it. I, I do, yeah. but I think it's enough that as a Steelers fan, I think I would be okay if you got that for him, although it was from the Patriots. But I'm not a Steelers fan, so I don't know. Mm. Well, there was there was certainly other interests um, at the weekend as well as the Patriots. Um, from what his agent yep. said, he just he just wouldn't disclose who it was. So. The the rumor Mel is suggesting it might have been the Browns. So yeah, I know Seattle were. From... I think uh, Pete Carroll said that they were in on it. So there was definitely yeah. interest there. But yeah. So to end up with a third and a fifth doesn't seem that great because there must have been interest from others before. You know they've obviously come back and in interested at the weekend again when things transpired. But he's a New England Patriot for now at least until the league might say otherwise. So. Um, yeah, be frantically refreshing Twitter for the next four days to see what's happening. But I, I think this will drag on a while. Um, yeah, it's it's a civil case and <laughs> sounds ridiculous. But the only thing I kept thinking of throughout the day was David Goodwillie. He had exactly oh, the same thing happen. Yeah, and it dragged on for years. Yeah, well, I did actually see a tweet. Um, not long ago, someone saying that exact same thing. It's like if they put him on the exempt list, that could be effectively his career done because it could take three, four, five, six, seven years to get the to the back of this and get the the bottom of it, you know, sorted I, out. So unless they uncover some pretty damning evidence, I can't see that happening because, like you say, it sets a horrendous precedent. There, there's nothing to stop anyone filing a civil lawsuit against a player. And yeah. then at that point, the league has no option but to put them on the exempt list. Yeah. So I, I can't see it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Ronaldo just, is another one that comes to mind yeah. as well. But he had a, that thing in Vegas that turned out to be just someone making up a story and trying to get money or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, let, let's. I think we should probably move on, um, because we could be here all night speculating yeah, on ab- things, really, absolutely. couldn't we? Yeah. Um. So Steelers game. <laughs> um. Initial thoughts when it was all done and dusted. Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. Probably. <laughs> I think we we're both highly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think part of our analysis on the Steelers' defence was correct and that their front seven was good. I think Sonny Michel had like 15 carries for 14 yards or something. But, and maybe it's just a one-off, I did not realise how 
bad their secondary was. Yeah. Like, they couldn't cover anyone. It's... I know there's a lot to cover with Gordon Edelman, but you can't let Dorset just run through your defense twice. That can't happen. No. So that that was my biggest takeaway from it. The Patriots, I thought, played really well on both sides of the ball, but I was really surprised how bad the Steelers' pass defense was. Yeah, well, he, he um, Brady threw 24 from... 36 attempts for 341 yards and three touchdowns, getting hit five times and one sack from Bud Dupree the whole game. So yeah. even then, his, you know, well, the front seven, yeah, they played well. They, you know, they stuffed the run. As you, you were correct in what you said, Michelle got 15 carries for 14 yards, which worked out at not even a yard per carry. You know, so they did well from that point of view because um, White also had um, four carries for 26 yards. Burkhead was the lead back in that sense with eight carries for 44 yards. So they stuffed them from that point of view. Um, our, our offensive line did really well, I thought. But we'll get back to them in just a second because um, you've touched on the Steelers' defence. So let's keep going with that one that yeah, they they did well with the with the um, the backs to stop them getting any distance apart from the obvious Edelman throw back to White, who then managed to gain a chunk of yardage on that play. And they always come up with things like that to kind of combat what they think might happen in the game. But yeah, the the secondary you can't it just both of Dorsett's. Um, Touchdowns just seemed like blown coverage to me, pretty much as as much as good route running or or anything like that. I I don't know if it was. I guess it was blown coverage, but it wasn't like they drifted to another receiver. They were just doing nothing. Mm. They just like Dorset run right through two of them, like both times. He just. So I don't know if they just didn't think. I was like, oh. It's Dorset. The ball's never coming here. But I, I don't know. It was just, it was really poor. Yeah. Well, it was the first time he's managed more than one touchdown in a game in his career. And for a first round pick, then, you know, that's that's astounding, really, I guess. And Yeah, I mean, he's never produced at the level that people thought he, w- he would when he came out of college. Um, no. He's also not really the type of receiver that's going to be catching touchdowns every game so like that not that he hasn't scored two in a game before isn't overly surprising but yeah i, I didn't really expect that performance out of him no how much uh, that was down to him or the steelers that, that remains to be seen i mean i think we we both we had it within a score or so we thought but, uh, you know, yeah, I I think I had it in, in four, but yeah, yeah you were you went twenty four twenty, and I think I went twenty four seventeen. But you know, end up with a thirty point margin, um, largest victory in week one of the Belichick era, which was quite surprising, um, in a sense. But again, this is the notorious they don't play in September, 
they only start in <laughs> generally mid November. Um, so where does the, the, already the rest of the league's running scared? It's quite hilarious, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, they they are and they aren't. There were still some teams that played quite well at the weekend. Uh, hmm. The Chiefs, the Saints, Texans obviously had one hell of a game. If they weren't playing each other, both would be coming out a week one with a win. Um, so yeah, it's not like there's the Patriots then a load of donkeys below them, but certainly AFC East, the, the rest of those teams didn't look great. So that's a long way to go, though. I mean, yeah, um, the the Bills, I thought, I mean, second half especially, they picked up. I didn't expect the Jets to start running away with it the way they did to begin with. And then they just, the coaching was abysmal in the second half to clinch the game and they ended up losing it. Um, but yeah, the that was one wild take I, I saw was the, the 16-0 or the 19-0 was was coming for the season, especially uh, the, the the bookies have slashed them now to four to one to um, to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, cutting odds to win the Super Bowl is a big different than going nineteen and zero. Yeah, it's very premature at this point. And I think it's something like one, one to eighteen they are for making the playoffs. So, yeah, even the bookies have run a bit scared and decided to chop everything in, in half, pretty much, I think. <laughs> but but from our point of view, um, you know, we completely stopped them as well, I think, because um, James Connor is obviously, a f- in most fantasy drafts, I think, this year um, has been a first round, a late first-round pick. One of the, what, maybe running back... F- Five or six, I think it is, going into the season, and we stop. He gets ten yards, um, ten carries for twenty-one yards. Sorry, so I mean, he was pretty much null and void. Juju managed six receptions for seventy-eight yards, but I think most of that came in one chunk play of about twenty odd yards, and most of most of his yardage also came when the game was kind of run away from them. Uh, like in you know, the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> the game was Pretty over much. so early. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is that also. They, they just, I think. Um, it's a. a I, th- I, I think I, to I coin a Scottish Patriots. phrase, it's um, pumped, is one of the words, or gubbed, yeah. is, is what you would be looking for there, really, yeah. I, I, I struggled a little bit with this game because I do think the Patriots played well. But I thought the Steelers were abysmal. I really did. Well, I think Dante Moncrief kind of hammers that one home. Three um, receptions for seven yards went from your way to Yeah, I think he forgot two. to put his hands on that day. Yeah, I think I think he left his hands in the the locker room with his gloves or something. I don't know what the hell was going on with him. I also he, thought Roethlisberger missed some throws that were open, especially early on. A couple of times they got by. Um, what was his Halton, I think he got past Jonathan Jones early in the first mm. quarter and Big Ben just kind of he didn't underthrow him the throw was on him but he allowed Jonathan Jones to come into the ball mm-hmm. or t- to get a hand up late 
So there is definitely plays oh, there yeah, no, that, the, they, I know the that they could have made, but yeah, I just thought they were really bad. Yeah, they were. They were well. They were a lot worse than a lot of people were expecting. I think a lot of people expected it to be one of the the games of the weekend, really, especially for opening weekend, and that that just yeah. didn't turn out to be the case. I mean, I think everyone's seen it by now, but when Pouncey went off and the new centre comes in, that play that he just stands and goes, huh? It's okay. the it's the funniest call in sports. <laughs> the referee is just like everyone but the centre. Everyone but the centre. It, it comes <laughs> out every couple of seasons and it it gets you every time. It, it, yeah, it's and he was adamant as well. Like the the referee threw the flag and the centre turned round and he held up two fingers as to say I thought it was two. Yeah. Everyone else went on one. He was adamant that it was two. So yeah, that was a bit of a chuckle. Um, yeah, but the game was long gone before that. It's yeah, it's, and I don't know if it was just like a pride thing. You want to get that donut off the board, but kicking a field goal at the one really. Yeah, it was a uh, twenty twenty something point tw- game, 20. and you tw- twenty point game, and you made it a seventeen point game. How does that make sense? Yeah, yes. I think it's still three scores. There was one oh, was it second quarter as well, if memory serves, that um fourth and inches. Were, yeah, that was the one. And they, they ended up. Sack up it, and didn't go they? for it. Yeah, that's that's exactly the one the thanks for helping with that one. That was yeah. the one I was thinking of. That you know, fourth and inches and you've punted it. What the are yeah, you doing? I think, I think that's I'm not going to pretend I know everything about Mike Tomlin, but I really don't think he's that good a coach. No, I, I, I don't think, think he's. I think, I think he's very rah rah, let's up and at them type thing. But yeah, he's a very Pete Carroll type in that in that sense that he wants everyone to be his bestest mate and you know do that kind of thing. As far, and from my impression, but and he's kind of living off a Super Bowl when that you know should have seen him sacked years ago, really. Don't don't get me wrong, if I want a coach to pound his chest on the sideline and trip up special teams players from the sideline <laughs> and get in the way... Sorry, he didn't trip him up, he just got in the way. It's a Dolphins coach that tripped the guy up. Uh, yeah, Mike Tomlin's your man. Well, that's what I think uh, Sean McVeigh's got in the Super Bowl preview. Sean McVeigh's actually got his guy that basically shoves them out of the way of coaches and sideline judges and such like, because he's very much of that ilk as well. It's a total hardo move. Imagine having to have a guy next to you to stop you going on the field. What, <laughs> what is that? What? Get, get a grip. To be fair, though, if someone turns around you and goes, Nick, I'll pay you 50 grand a year push and pull oh, the coach around. So I would does. absolutely do it, but I think if it was, I was a coach, I wouldn't need to pay a guy to keep me from going on the field <laughs> there's a big white line that says like don't go on here <laughs> anyway he, I guess he just gets carried away <laughs> in the moment but yeah um, you've touched on what you were saying with Big Ben there was he got 27 
from 46 attempts for 276 yards, zero touchdowns and one interception at the end, um, which kind of put the... The nail was already in the coffin, but that kind of pushed it off the cliff yeah, edge, really. Could have had another one as well. He threw one right to John Simon, who I think borrowed Dante Moncrief's hand. Dante Moncrief, is that his name? Oh my God, that's awful. Moncrief. I think he borrowed Moncrief's hands for that play. He'd well to sort of jump in front of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster because um, it was a quick slant. It was open until John Simon dropped out uh, dropped out of the rush in the coverage but it, it just kind of summed up that Ben didn't really know what he was seeing at all No, there, there was two or three times as well I heard it over the um, last couple of days that you know, it's something that Matt Patricia left with the Patriots and, and took to um, Detroit with him that if you watch our defensive backs and defence in general Whereas a lot of people swipe down to try and knock a ball free, he taught our guys to swipe up because, you know, it takes a longer and faster motion to go up than down rather than just going up. So there was, I think that Jonathan Jones one you talked about earlier, that was one of those where you can see him, he pushes up towards the um, the face of the player rather than coming down from the helmet side, which helps you know, get that um, away before it was caught by the, the Steelers guy. Yeah, um, but a better ball than that was that was a completion. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's there was a lot more went wrong than just Ben Roethlisberger slightly yeah. misplacing a ball. So. Oh, no. there, was, <laughs> there was a hell of a lot wrong with it with their performance in the weekend. And, um, and I, I think but, that's where I struggle to know if it was the Steelers being bad because they just had an off game or they were bad because the Patriots made them bad. It's I think it's too early to actually tell, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um I think that's pretty much sums it up, I guess. I mean a part of me kinda wants to think it's you know, it's the usual sporting thing, don't get ahead of yourself and so it's like and part of me thinks it's it's maybe the the Britishness in us. That we're, <laughs> too, we're a bit polite in that sense when we should just be like, nah, we're we were great. That was you know, it was a great performance, but there's always things to be worked on, isn't there? Yeah. Um it's it's a great start though, because yeah. I think if you looked at the schedule to start, that was the one from the first six, seven games that you're probably really worried about. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Dolphins in Miami just because of where it is, but after seeing them last week, I can't imagine there's a lot of people that worried about it. No, not from what I can tell. And moving um, across the league through, because I think we've talked about the, the Steelers shambles enough that they could potentially be terrible, but I mean, it could have just been a slight fluke this weekend and We'll see going forward how we progress towards a possible 16-0 of hype we believe. But um, moving across the league to see who actually you know, could be challenging in the AFC this year out with the Steelers because they could be done already, it seems. Um, was the Ravens game as good as 
what it looked? Was Miami as bad as what they looked? What was your take on that one? Miami looked pretty bloody bad. <laughs> it's, um, and then after the game, there was reports that the players were, well, some of the players were wanting out. They didn't want to be in a team that were supposedly tanking. Mm. It, it, it didn't look good. No. Um, I, I don't I think s- it was ever going to, though. And I think... I think they knew that this year. It might take a couple of years for them to get back. Yeah, I don't understand why why this report came out. It seems almost a bit ludicrous, really, that you know, you're know you training with these guys side by side. You can have all the hoo-ha and hype and say whatever you want, but you know whether you're good or bad, surely. You know what you're going into come Sunday against a Ravens team that was, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy favourites, really. Um, everyone sort of talked about them tanking beforehand, and I think this seemed to confirm it for a lot of people, really. But the, the Ravens, I'm still out on them a wee bit. I mean, I think it was... Six, um, six rushing yards or something like that that um, Jackson had at the weekend, which and the rest was, you know, a lot of throws, which I think surprised a lot of people. It might have been some of the one of the things that surprised the Dolphins really. Um, but he did have seem to have a decent arm, so we'll see where that goes. And do you see them being a, a contender after after what you've seen in week one? Mm. Honestly, no. <laughs> I just think it's maybe a little bit too early for them. I, I like I like Jackson. I think he has a great deal of talent. I don't think he can throw the ball that well consistently, although I could be wrong. I know he did it for, whatever, 20-odd throws, like 17 of 20. Mm-hmm. But the guys were wide open. <laughs> They weren't yeah. like they weren't NFL open. They were college open. There yeah. was guys without guys that within Holly- five yards of them. That Hollywood Brown one, especially, that was ridiculous when he launched it and got what was that, seventy-eight yard touchdown or something. That was yeah. one of the ones that I thought there was. <laughs> where, where is anyone? Four are yard, they actually playing? Four catches for one hundred and forty-seven yards. Mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental and. Uh, yeah, no, I kind of have to agree. I'm, I'm not the biggest Jackson fan. I think if he comes on more with his throwing, if he keeps up this throwing as what he's done in the Miami game, then I can warm him a lot more. But until they come up against a good a good team and a good defence and that actually gives them a game, that we'll wait and see where that one pans out, I think. Yeah, um, if he's still doing it in a couple of weeks, then I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll change my mind pretty drastically on them probably but yeah, yeah. If they're if they're <laughs> sitting like eight and eight and two or something like that then you know you might as well take them as a series contender by that point but they could easily go um five and five like they they, uh, they play the chiefs in two weeks time well that's the one there you go that's the one that you're looking at if, to see where where the marker is laid i think if they're competitive in that game it's at Baltimore as well, I think. Um, if they're competitive there, then maybe, yeah, you make a... You reassess 
what your thoughts on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are, but I think it's maybe just a little bit too early for them. But it's promising. Um, and the the Chiefs. Yeah. Was that a, was that another one that because was that down to Nick Foles going out of the game that it was a lot more of a you know a bigger scoreline than what was expected, or do you think they're actually going to be? I actually thought up? it was closer than it looked for a long time. Every time I saw the Chiefs, they were marching up and down the field, and they just didn't ever seem to sort of score. Uh, I know they they were like scored 17 in the first quarter, but they had six in the second. Mm-hmm. So it was like it didn't seem to their their output didn't seem to match the dominance they had on the match. I thought. Yeah, um, I'd be a bit worried about their defense that they let Mister Mustache come in and just like <laughs> every pass he ever tried to throw. But they yeah, still look good. So, I think for me, the the takeaway from that game was Sammy Watkins, which I think a lot of people is obviously going to say the same. But I, I've had no hope for him after his, fir- his, <laughs> his first quick. year at the league. Um, he almost he was coming across almost like a Philip Dorsett type um, pick coming out of college at at one stage, but. Tyreek Hill went out the game, they had no choice but to start throwing to him, and he did, yeah, he looked good, so um, I'm sure a lot of people either be picking up in waiver wires in fantasy this week, or if you're a DraftKings kind of guy, you'll be picking him up in DFS this weekend, I'm sure. Um, but that would be the one thing, the defence to let, yeah, as you're saying, let him throw the ball around willy-nilly and let every catch be caught um, as a concern if, you're, if I'm a Chiefs fan um, but on the positive side Watkins should be able to take on the role of what Hill's left for the next four to six weeks Yeah and then other than those two the Saints and the Texans obviously that game was ridiculous Yeah it was on a bit late for me on Monday Night Football but I've seen the highlights and it seemed like a good game and the Texans are obviously all out this year after what, what they've given away um, going into next year and the, the year after. They, they're obviously going in all in this year by the looks of it. And they could be... That AFC South is wild. <laughs> yeah, the, the only worry I would have... Well, not the only worry, but one of the big worries I have with the Texans is that Deshaun Watson seems to get hit a ridiculous amount of times. This is a guy that's already been hurt. Can he survive that all year? Yeah, they, they, that's they, why they were meant... Sorry, on you go. Nah, they, they went out and got Laramie Tunsil. Didn't really seem to do anything this week. Like He was still getting battered about all over the place. But, but he was yeah, making that's... plays. It's like... What I like about Deshaun Watson is he seems to he seems to always want to throw the ball. He doesn't seem to come out of the pocket and just as soon as he's out there, it's like run, run, run. He seems to give it until the very, very last possibility to throw the ball. And then if it's not there, he will run it. But he seems to always want to throw it. Probably helps when you've got Luke Hopkins that can catch anything that's in within like a 20 metre radius of his arms. <laughs> yeah, 
He's uh, no, I, you're right. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I think it's probably one of Josh Allen's criticisms. Really, is you know he comes out the pocket and just wants to run um, all the time. He doesn't look through his progressions to see what's up ahead. Um, but yeah, you've got to admire that at Watson. That is one thing he does well is always look for a throw. And I think Will Fuller could be the one that benefits quite a lot from that this season as well. And yeah, there was a couple that went to uh, Fuller. It's um, I think it kind of as much as it catches the viewers out. Like there was a, f- a couple of times that you saw him like step up out of the pocket or roll out the pocket. And you just thought, oh, that's him. The ball's going to be tucked in and away he's going. And all of a sudden, an absolute rocket will come out of his arm. And you're like, <laughs> what is that? And I wonder if it defenses like think the same. And maybe they'll adapt to that and they'll know, OK, we cannot drop coverage just to go and try and close him down because he's always going to try and throw it. So I wonder if that kind of caught them off guard as well. But, mm. okay. Potentially, and Carlos Hyde seemed to run for his his career future and his life on Monday night as well. <laughs> yeah. That's not not something I was expecting either. Um, but yeah, they're looking good. So see where we are with that. Um, I think that almost covers all the well the contenders going coming out of week one, unless there's anyone I've missed off that I can't think of right now. Uh, no, because the Browns threw up an absolute stinker. Yeah. The Titans look better than what a lot of people are giving them credit for, but it's early days for the Browns as well. Will it come to fruition that you know having too many galaxy-type stars in your team isn't actually a team? It's just a, a I still conglomerate think of players. I just think it'll take I, them a couple, a couple of weeks, maybe. I think so. I think uh, I've come off the hype train Definitely, they're not going to the Super Bowl, but they can certainly make wild card um, easy enough, um, providing they're better than they were after Sunday. Um, so I think that's it, unless there's anything else. I think we'll wrap up there. Um, anything else from yourself, Nick? No, I've had my rants. Excellent. Well, <laughs> we'll keep uh, keep more rants or disdain for Miami when we when we do the preview <laughs> pod for later in the week. Um, but before I go, just a quick bit of housekeeping is remember to rate, review and subscribe. Um, if you are listening to this, pass it on to anyone who's a Patriots fan or NFL in general. Re- recommend the podcast through word of mouth. It doesn't just have to be um, through a rating on iTunes, although they are lovely. If you follow us on Twitter, it's up on there. You know, we're good to chat at any point. Um Nick, you can find him at the underscore panic and myself is at Matt Inkster. Um, and the Facebook page is there. We've still not done much with it yet, but you know, if we get more people interacting on it, then you know, we can get more content and such like out of that as well. So I think that's that. um, everything this, this week, guys, um, for the preview. Um, review episode sorry I keep saying preview it must be because we're recording this a bit late at night Um, so yeah that's Steelers review that's Antonio Brown not really covered for now but that's as much as we're willing to say on it until anything else comes out so until we speak Dolphins later on in the week for the review episode of that um, just remember guys do your job as there are no days off